0: I started out as pre-med um, back awesome. in college. I like actually was one of those people that shadowed from the moment I was born. Like I oh, was wow. in love with medicine. It was, I don't even know like what, I can't remember what it was that actually like prompted me to want to be in hospital and like working with doctors all day. But I started wow. when I was probably in like middle school. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think I saw my first beating heart when I was like early teen. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I w- yeah it was, i feel like it's very strange just like combo of interests that i've had in my life yeah, but yeah. here we are
1: have you enjoyed listening to the incredible podcast are you looking for a way to support it or maybe you just want some swag check out the incredible store today we have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredible. dot org. and click on the store link, or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredible look. I'm really excited about this episode of Incredible Paul. I have a really special guest that I know you're gonna love. Stream on YouTube, just search I Am Incredible Paul or Incredible Paul, Incredible Paul podcast it will come up. And wherever you are listening to this, whether it's on Spotify, on Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Music, make sure you you rate and review the podcast. Because I wanna make sure that I'm adding the value to you that you are trying to see. If there's any guests you're looking for or any topics you want me to hit on, definitely let me know because I want to make sure I can help you and ourselves become the most incredible versions. Keep being incredible.
2: Turn this up. Turn this
1: up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredible Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Faranbi. Hi, I'm Paul Faranbi, and welcome to the Incredible Paul Podcast, where we learn how to become the best versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I'm super excited to have Dr. Chrissy on the podcast today. She is a founder and CEO of Reflecting Equity. Can you share a little bit more about that about yourself as a whole?
0: Yes. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. So of good to course. be here. Um, I know we've talked so much in the past, but it's so good to see you for the yeah. like first time virtual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I have a company that uh, does equity and inclusion consulting. Um, and as you mentioned, we're called Reflecting Equity. Um, and this really spun out of a lot of my PhD work, which awesome. I guess we'll probably talk to, talk about a little more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we basically help communities, uh, whether they're academic or technology or industry focused, wow. um, understand kind of what their community members are feeling and kind of bridge mm. the gap between people who make decisions and the people that typically don't get a say in those decisions. So mm. we really make all of the Uh, work we do community focused and making sure that we're prioritizing the need uh, whether that's students or employees or both Um, yeah to make the community more inclusive and uh, safer and more well-being focused place to work
1: that's awesome so I think you you kind of mentioned it with uh, your PhD work but what kind of drove you into this direction as far as founding a company not everyone is founding
0: companies yeah yeah um it was actually all kind of I don't really like the word circumstantial but it kind of was like the next thing that felt natural Mm -hmm. um so I so I got my PhD in chemistry um and half of my dissertation is in physical chemistry and like what I kind of started my PhD in Mm -hmm. um and then along the way I realized that there was a lot of aspects of the program and just like my identity in science that felt like I was not really fitting into the culture of the program and like a couple of things with my mentor like didn't go well and so I was kind of left feeling like this was not the experience that I envisioned myself having
2: for Uh
0: for kind of like being so in love with the science I was like I'm not actually feeling this very much
2: um
0: and so in that route, I found a way to start working with one of the grad student committees that was in the department to assess our own department culture and climate. And then that kind of spun off into an initiative that really helped like refocus the priorities of students and the concerns of students into a way to change the program and make it better for everyone. Um, and along the, along the same lines, like in doing that work, we found new avenues for communicating across the kind of like traditional power dynamics in academia. So, there were, we found some ways to make sure that we could communicate the needs of students to faculty and like make that doorway open so that it didn't feel like we were always like fighting to be heard or like mm. demanding things from the faculty, but it was more like a collaborative process to um, prioritize student wellness. Um, and so, like, I, I ended up switching groups and doing that work in grad school. Um, and then by the time I graduated, which was in 2020, uh, everything was remote. And I was, oh yeah, so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I ended up taking a staff role. Uh, actually, originally, I was looking for postdocs, but the interviews I had, like, didn't go anywhere because they were, I basically interviewed, like, a week before everything shut down
1: oh man no I know
0: yeah so I ended up not taking any of those postdocs because the money just like dried up or whatever you want to call it um and then I ended up taking a staff job at Berkeley also in the chemistry department but it ended up not being what I really wanted um Mm -hmm. and at the same time because I had published all the work that I did with the chemistry department uh a lot of academic communities were asking me if I could help them or like work with them to write a climate survey or do similar work and so I've kind of transitioned from my staff job into consulting um, the following year like a year later um, and so yeah so I had a side hustle for a while and tried it yeah. out and saw how it went and now I'm full-time
1: that's amazing so,
0: yeah (laughs) it's very exciting it's kind of like long-winded but um no that's that's
1: perfect like how it all came together so I'm curious as far as what was that transition like from it being the side hustle and being as part of the staff to going into full-time
0: yeah it's such a good question um I think the biggest There's like a couple of like perks and then I think some things have been really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest perk for me was having a little bit more control over like how I can execute work with people that I want to work with. Are you
1: wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Paul for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to Incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at IamIncredipal on all my socials, or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself.
0: Um, And not, I guess, kind of like choosing for myself, like what challenges I want to put myself into and like try and resolve and help people work through versus feeling like I'm fighting an uphill battle in a community that maybe doesn't want me there or like hired me for something that doesn't align with my values. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people face that issue. And so I feel really, privileged actually to like have been in a position to just like step out of that and yeah. basically take my own company forward and kind of pick and choose who I work with. Um so that's actually been a huge value add. And I feel like my confidence has grown so much in doing that, which is really cool. Um awesome. and my value, not just my question. Yeah. Mm. Things I never would have thought as a grad student, like looking at me now being like, oh, oh my yeah. God, you got there. Which is <laughs> 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 very cool. Awesome. Um I think the challenges are like working alone in in more than just like a I don't know like an individual at a desk right like I'm responsible for my company and like I'm oh, responsible yeah. for making money for myself and like that's really hard um, mm-hmm. so that has been a challenge but I also feel very lucky that I like people know who I am because I did publish all this work and so I have got I have gotten like a lot of word of mouth clients which is really cool that's good. Um, but it is scary sometimes to just be like, well, I have to find a way to make money. <laughs> like, I have oh, to find yeah. clients and like, yeah, knowing if I'm charging enough and like knowing if I'm mm-hmm. doing the right amount of engagements or mm-hmm. things like that. So that's kind of an ongoing challenge.
1: Yes, for sure. I, I can only imagine that there's a, a lot of <laughs> imposter syndrome that comes with that, especially when you first start. I know I, I have experience. I still experience it with the stuff that I yeah. do
0: yeah oh my gosh and that like it changes the imposter feelings of like mm-hmm. from being like am I really like doing this work right like in grad mm-hmm. school for example being like I don't know if I'm good enough to be here and now it's like I'm actually charging people for like what I assume my professional worth is and yeah. like did I judge that correctly <laughs> like yeah. am I crazy <laughs> like I don't know it's like a whole nother level of like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so it's been a little bit hard, but um, I don't know, we're working through it, here we For are. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: So as far yeah. as reflecting equity is concerned, do you more work with contractors or do you have any staff under you that you work with on a consistent basis?
0: Oh yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I have some uh, contractors, uh, primarily people who have been helping me with social media Okay. And then also people that do data analysis for me.
2: Oh,
0: awesome. um, so sometimes uh, I guess my engagements with clients vary depending on their needs. But okay. for the most part, I try to do like a data collection phase through either a survey or like focus groups or interviews. And then we'll go into next steps and like doing interventions and things that will help them. Um, mm-hmm. So if I collect a lot of survey data, then I typically need somebody to do the analysis for me because I'm just not like computationally savvy in that way <laughs> Fair um, you
1: can't do everything.
0: yeah so and it would just take me way like, too long so um yeah but I don't have any employees right now um it's just me uh right. yeah and then I have people like other consultants that I'll partner with on projects sometimes nice. and then we'll kind of just like who subcontracts who and like how that mm-hmm. professional relationship ends up working logistically but it's really nice to have a community of people that are doing similar work that can like supplement each other's strengths um, that are not necessarily in the same company it's really cool
1: that's awesome yeah so I'm I'm sure you've worked with a lot of different people and companies and probably putting you on the spot a little so I'll give you some <laughs> time if you need it as far if there's any companies or individuals mm-hmm. that you worked with as far as a lot of the work that you do in the DEI space as far as mm-hmm. if there's any like aha transformational stories that kind of stuck out to you with some of the people mm-hmm. you work worked
0: with? That's a really good question. I guess my initial answer, yeah, I guess I have two parts of the answer. Um, so initially the first thing that comes to mind is like, I, I feel like the more I do this work, especially with more different communities, mm-hmm. there's like patterns that come up that I'm like, oh, I keep getting asked this question or like, oh, I keep mm. seeing this pattern emerge from the data or like something like that. And then it kind of prompts me to be like, should I be offering something specific about communication? For example, that's something that comes up a lot. Like how do we communicate across power dynamics in a way that can like diffuse tension and be helpful for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's kind of like an aha moment I've had where I'm like, yes, communities are so unique and like their needs are still so unique but there are definitely patterns that come up of like how to approach a particular topic that is an issue that comes up like in a lot of different contexts mm-hmm. so that's really cool um I guess I can't name clients but the one yeah, my original like project that kind of got me started on this was in Berkeley chemistry so like all the work that I published on that was kind of a game changer for I guess me knowing that I can have an impact in communities and then also knowing that there's so much to be said about like kind of persisting in your efforts to improve equity and inclusion um because at the time like everything I was doing I knew it was helpful just because people were like oh thank you for doing this and stuff but I never Mm. actually saw the impact until like my third year doing that work um and at the end of doing surveys and like doing interventions and doing town halls and like making sure that we were using the data in a very functional and like pragmatic way Mm -hmm. we did see changes in how people were perceiving the climate and so that was actually really awesome because I was like oh my gosh (laughs) like I haven't been doing this work in vain this is so cool That's and I've only had my company for two years so I haven't had that same kind of like long-term trajectory with any given client since then um, But my goal is to have like a series of long-term clim- uh, clients that I can work on you know, climate and culture stuff with and, and really like help them measure an improvement in how their people feel.
1: Awesome. That's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, so, thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. that. That's super cool. Yeah. So do you primarily work with people in STEM or is it a, a, across the board?
0: Um, so far, the majority have been in STEM. Um, yeah. The majority have also been in academia, but I have exactly. started working with small like tech startups, oh. um, which is actually really fascinating because I feel like their ability to integrate new ways of like building structure in the company is just very different from academia. And so it's cool to like, help them in that process.
2: Yeah.
0: Really, yeah, nothing I ever thought I would have an in-depth understanding of it, just. Um, and then I've actually started helping um, people in the arts uh, kind of like define their community values and their community norms for a company. And I've done this for some tech companies also, but um, nice. like kind of starting from the ground up and being like, how are we planning on bringing people on board and like having them interact with each other? And how are we holding our values forward and like making sure we're communicating them from the beginning of hiring people? Um, Mm -hmm. which is something I've always thought about, but never got the chance to like put into practice until very recently. So that's been cool. Um, And the more I like work with people, the more I'm like, yes, I have an understanding of STEM and like I speak the language, but some of the issues that we have in equity, like in making spaces like for point inclusive are the same everywhere. Mm
2: -hmm. So it doesn't
0: take like a particular science skill set to kind of like work with that community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. um so yeah thank
2: you <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's
1: really that's incredible uh, I definitely agree with that people are people it's just they do different things and different there's different technical skills where it all comes down to it human nature is pretty similar across the board even across cultures yeah, that's, yeah. That's so I'm curious I know you kind of mentioned from when you, you're in your phd And kind of switching the focus of what you were you were doing did you always know you were going to pursue a PhD or kind of talk me through your um educational path
0: but yeah yeah. really good question um I feel like I don't know kind of similar (laughs) similar to like my career path everything was kind of just like oh the next thing is happening Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so I (laughs) I started out as pre-med um back in college I like actually was one of those people that shadowed from the moment I was born like I was in love with medicine it was I don't even know like what I can't remember what it was that actually like prompted me to want to be in hospital life working with doctors all day but I started when I was probably in like middle school wow yeah um I think I saw my first beating heart when I was like early teen (laughs) oh yeah I feel like it's very strange just like combo of interests that I've had in my life. Yeah, but yeah. here we are. Um yeah, I love the body. I think it's amazing. And like everything that it does for us is just like, yeah. Um so I was pre-med probably until midway through college. Um and I studied abroad in Scotland for oh, one wow. year, like my junior year of college. Yeah. Um and that was the first time I actually like I guess fell in love with chemistry. I don't know. That's like really appreciate mm-hmm. to say. But um I took a class that was really small and like the the people that I took the class with were really welcoming and it was like very collaborative and the mm-hmm. professor was awesome. And she um gave me an opportunity to work in her lab for that mm-hmm. like semester that I was there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just like it felt like a very different um community space I guess or like just a different environment than what I had in my home university um and so I was like oh actually chemistry is cool and like away from the pressure of having to be the top in your class of like Mm. a bunch of pre-meds it was like (laughs) (laughs) which actually was so stressful um I like stepped away from that and I was like wow chemistry is really cool um and so then when I got back from Scotland uh I kind of kept working in the lab and then decided that uh I think the way that I had experienced the medical system that far, even though I was like in love with it, I also felt like I didn't want to be part of it kind of mm. as a career. And like thinking about how I would have to go through training and the mm. burnout that I had heard about and like experience yeah. um, kind of, yeah, was just, I was like, this is actually probably not for me. Um, mm. So yeah. So I stayed in chemistry. And I actually majored in neuro neuroscience because I still, I was like, the brain is still very cool. (laughs) cool. Um, Yeah. But then I also was like, if I do a PhD, um, I don't really want to depend on like an animal or an animal model for Mm. my data collection. Yeah. Um, Which retrospectively, I was like, man, that was a wise choice. Like, (laughs) but just from like friends I have, that have like the with animals. So like, cool. I like took one for future needs at the time. So. Yeah, there you
1: go. <laughs> you just look in the future. You already knew. I know. It's so funny. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: that's
1: that's really that's really cool. It's, yeah, it's mm. funny because my background is actually in chemical engineering.
2: Oh, cool. So
1: I I love chemistry as well. Probably not mm. as much as you, but I do love chemistry. As well, so oh. most engineers that hate chemistry.
2: <laughs> that's fair.
1: And coming in, I actually was. I guess you don't really declare pre-med, but I was thinking, I was thinking pre-med mm-hmm. going to med school mm-hmm. and then I fell in love with research the first year and I stuck with chemical engineering.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. Was your school also like so intense on the pre-med and like the studying with other people and the hard? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> everyone was super competitive about everything yeah. oh what did you get did you get this all right did you get I got 96 you got I got 98 or it's like
2: yeah.
1: it's yeah it's
2: yeah
0: yeah people were always like I can't study with you because then you'll do better than me like yeah. that's just not <laughs> it's like <laughs> is this normal I didn't I mean I didn't know so I thought it was normal actually for a long time yeah. yeah
1: it was it was not yeah. the greatest environment I was like and research, and I love research. I still love research. I don't get to do nearly as much of it now, mm-hmm. but anytime I get to go to conferences and talk to yeah. students or grad about their research, it's, it's it's exciting. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's
1: so cool. So I'm curious because I know that you have uh, what you do for your job. Are there any other things that you're passionate about outside of your job or chemistry that you do?
0: Um. Like hobbies or just other, yeah, hobbies yeah.
1: or yeah, anything yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, yes, I so I dance. Um, I oh, do wow. various like styles of dance. I used to um salsa dance and solid. Um, right. but I've been pole dancing actually, which is super fun. Yeah. Um, I hate working out, so I've always had to like, <laughs> okay, like just going to the gym and like just using the gym. Like I can't do that, mm-hmm. so I've had to pair it with like an activity. Yeah. Um, so I got into Zumba for a while, but oh, okay. I actually love the community of pole dancing. It's just like the community, the people, the actual activity and like feeling like I'm getting stronger every day is really cool. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and then I got really into the the chemistry of wine when I was a grad student. Oh, wow. Because so I was a um, I was an analytical chemist when I started my PhD and I mm-hmm. have no like wet chemistry skills whatsoever. But <laughs> I did always love organic chemistry, like when I was studying it. And okay, okay. So I feel like when I got into wine, I like started reading books about the compounds in wine and like what gives it its flavor and like, and then all that. And I was like, oh, this is like my, the thing that I loved about organic chemistry, that's not actually like making things, um, mm-hmm. kind of like came out and learning about wine. So that's a hobby that I have. And I feel like being in California is actually great for just playing like wine. Oh history. yeah,
1: there's a, there's a lot of wine country. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah so yeah I love I love wine it's really great
1: <laughs> that's that's uh, awesome yeah
0: <laughs> I
1: know absolutely nothing about pole dancing it looks really cool I feel like I'm way too big and not flexible enough for it
0: you but... yeah you gain all those skills as okay. you go yeah
1: <laughs> okay. I was gonna say so what is something about pole dancing that you think most people don't know or something you learned when you
0: started mm-hmm. doing it? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I guess like a lot of things that I don't think would come to people's first minds when they mm-hmm. hear about pole dancing. Um, I think a lot of people just associate it with like adult performance and stripping mm-hmm. and sex work, but there's such a, big part of the whole community that's just really about like body acceptance and body positivity Uh, and like sex positivity and just like being who you are and nobody really cares like Mm. I remember for the first probably like two months that I pole danced every time I would go to a class like I would meet people and start like forming relationships and nobody like for like probably actually more than two months for probably like six months Nobody asked me what I did for work, and I was like, oh, "This wow. is so nice," because <laughs> like, I feel like there's some spaces in science, especially where oh. you're expected to just enter and have your elevator pitch like ready.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it was just very freeing to like be like, "I'm just a person," and like my value isn't based on my work at all. And so like that's actually mm-hmm. really nice and very freeing, especially from having been a grad student, where like it's oh. the complete opposite yeah yeah so it's really nice and then apart from that like the people are just so welcoming and amazing and like everybody's just really like into what's good for your body and what feels good not just like some standard you have to reach or like some goal it's mm-hmm. more about just like what feels good right now and like I'm also not flexible you know? <laughs> that was really great being like oh you're teaching this move we're like I need to have a split but like I can't do that so I'm gonna do something else and that's cool (laughs) okay
1: well that's good that sounds very empowering
0: yeah it has been really empowering that's
1: awesome I love that I learned something new today because I did not know that
0: yes (laughs) how awesome (laughs) happy to have shared that knowledge (laughs) Yeah, yeah thank
1: you and then i'm I'm wondering, I feel like I kind of know the answer to this to this a little bit, but mm-hmm. what does your typical day or week look like? I'm, I'm thinking it's not yeah. that typical, but <laughs>
0: like yeah, yeah. Um, I guess probably the majority of the time I am just working on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I have a dog so my typical day when I'm home is like I'll walk my dog Um, my partner and I take turns so we'll do the morning walk or the afternoon walk Mm -hmm. Um, and then around that I'll be answering emails Um, Mm -hmm. I've actually been very intentional that starting this year about making my meeting times kind of only like in the middle of the day so that I can accommodate Mm -hmm. eastern and pacific time eastern time and pacific time Mm -hmm. Um, and so that gives me Like two hours in the morning to do emails and like concentration work, Mm -hmm. and then end my like intense work day with meetings and stuff around three or four. Um, Mm. and so yeah, because I feel like longer than that, I'm just not productive, and Mm. I like really enjoy having time, especially if it's sunny out. Like, I enjoy oh, yeah, time on a walk or something like that. So I've tried to be, yeah, more intentional about just like knowing when my brain is optimally functioning <laughs> oh yeah um, which is hard because i feel like that mm. was also not a skill i got in grad school <laughs> <laughs> it's just like work all the time yeah i was like all <laughs> yeah. <work. laughs> um yeah and then sometimes i will travel a lot for clients um mm. so i had a couple of trips earlier this year and then i'm going uh also on a client trip next week so i'll just be That's traveling the whole time in which case my days are like go to the airport and do emails and then get up at a really nice hotel and like spend the day with people um so that's always really fun too like forming those connections that are not just virtual
2: mm,
1: yes definitely yeah so that cool. that that made me think of something as far as like things not being virtual mm-hmm. now um uh, I don't know as far as the clients you work with are are more people more receptive to being in person? And Ooh. when did you start to see more of that?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so in California, uh, and I guess I'll preface this with, uh, I go back and forth between Florida and California a bunch because my company is based in Florida. Oh, um, wow. But my partner needs to be in California, so I like split my time. Okay. Um, and in Florida, I would say nobody... Really ever <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into the politics of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, if anyone that was around during the pandemic knows, <laughs> Florida shut down for maybe a couple weeks and then yeah. it's open season for it any...
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was it was kind of like whiplash, honestly. Like every time I would go back, I was like, oh my goodness, this was like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and then in California, um, I guess like probably starting, when did I start doing well, probably like mid-2020, because mm. um, I went full-time July 2020. So I mm. did a lot of traveling between like August and October. Mm. Um, and people were doing, for the most part, fully in-person events, but okay. masks were still as required as they could be mm-hmm. for folks in the community. Um, and it was definitely strange, like the first time I... Like traveled and I was like, okay, I'm used to flying because I would go to my mom's house in Florida a lot. But then, like, going to a hotel and being like, where is my like, where do I put my mask on? Like, what's the oh, policy? Like, how do yeah. like, how do I navigate this? So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, flying out for a client was like very just like logistically weird. Oh,
2: okay.
0: um, but once I get to events like I don't know walking down the hallway or whatever I don't know logistics like, of masking and stuff it's like mm-hmm. depending on the person the friend, when you talk to an event they like require you to put a mask on and stuff so yeah um I think it's changed very regularly and yeah. frequently since then I feel like you never know but I typically wear masks because I'm just more comfortable mm-hmm. but and it's also hard to like give a seminar for example with a mask on oh. so there's always a <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're like, hang on, let me drink water, and then you have to like take your mask off. Uh-huh. And then it's like, when you're in the spotlight, it's like additional stress. But <laughs>
2: oh, oh my goodness, I yeah, yeah.
0: But how was the? You were at a conference recently, right? Like, how was the mask like? How was the whole? Yeah, so policy?
1: yeah, I was a, a ma- at a ma- not a, at a mask. We're just talking about. <laughs> I was at a, a conference. Uh, then I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Nesby or not, but they had their yeah. uh, their um, annual convention in Kansas mm-hmm. City, so I went out for that. And so masks were encouraged, but really in the state of Missouri, no one has really been wearing masks here at least for last mm-hmm. year. I think like mid 2022s or even before that, but depending on where you go, they mm-hmm. they haven't had mask mandates in a while. And most people at the conference weren't was not weren't wearing a mask. I wasn't either. But at the same time, i I always keep hands sanitizer on deck, and I yeah. don't. Uh, I mean, it's a larger conference, but I'm yeah. just aware of like the people around me and things like that. But yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, it's pretty much just back to normal. Yeah, yeah that's
0: fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I guess flying to different spaces and being like okay this is a change from my routine and like what's the comfort level do I ask Mm people like yeah so you know kind of working what is it called I don't know being adaptable or oh yeah whatever yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely with travel and different locations Mm -hmm. I used to travel a ton to work I don't now which is a good change of pace to being in different places like um, every week and like, oh, this is especially during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It shut down. I stopped traveling for like I think a month, maybe two months tops. And then full scale by the end of May, I was traveling like at least 50% of the time, up until when I transitioned to a new job the end of last year. So mm-hmm. it's it was just interesting to see how things evolve through. Some places were really strict about the mask wearing and social distancing.
2: Yeah,
1: and then I did I did go to Florida once during that time, and yeah. Florida was like nothing has ever changed. I think I wore <laughs> a mask, and everyone's looking at me like I had COVID.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. it's
0: yeah,
1: a, a different world down here.
0: I know it's totally yeah, that's very strange. My mom's in Miami, so oh, wow. it's like a very. I don't know yeah nobody yeah people with masks are like people look at them weird what What are you doing it's like you have a different reality for me yeah
1: (laughs) you're not from around here are you
0: yeah (laughs) oh my gosh it had so interesting
1: yeah definitely So if you could go back to when you were starting your company, or even uh, doing some of your your research that kind of got you focused Mm -hmm. on the DEI space, uh, what would you tell yourself as far as um, kind of like the research you're doing? I don't don't know if there's anything that happened when you're doing research that either felt frustrating or you're trying to just get through, just kind of like reflecting back, what are some things you've learned?
0: The biggest thing that came up as you were asking that question was like being aware of burnout, Um, Mm. I guess. So I've been through a lot of stages of like self-awareness of like Mm -hmm. when I'm getting exhausted or like just feeling, I don't know, like general sadness because of burnout or things like that. Mm. Um, And I feel like I I didn't have a lot of those tools to like become more aware when I was a grad student. Mm. Um, and I think everybody like learns and grows into their understanding of their body and things like that. But mm-hmm. I feel like retrospectively, like i I did I took so much on, just like oh. outside of my own research, but like really taking on like the emotional, it's not really a burden because it it never felt negative to me, but right. just like taking on a lot of it like. Harm that people in, the, in my community were experiencing and like trying okay. to find a way to fix it wow and just like holding space for people I didn't realize like how much of a toll it took on me until I graduated and I was like wow I am like exhausted and burnt out in a way mm-hmm. that I like had never felt before um and then it happened it didn't happen again but when I quit my job and went full-time with Reflecting Equity I spent an entire month traveling for clients Oh, and wow. in when I was planning it I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to all these new places and meet all these new people and like new community spaces that I love um but by the time I like went to my last trip I was so tired of packing my suitcase that I was like I need to preemptively tell myself like I need to write a note to future me that's like Chrissy <laughs> one trip at a time like don't do this <laughs> so it was like burnout in a different way from the grad school burnout Mm -hmm. um so I feel like yeah going back and being like just be careful with your you know like your emotional capacity and like the weight that you're carrying because doing equity work is hard and like Mm -hmm. takes a big emotional toll on people and even if it's not an emotional toll it's like you're still holding space for people that like need to learn and like want to learn and want to have community with you but it does take a toll on your like mental and physical well-being so I guess just like go back and tell myself to be conscious of that and like prioritize yourself from like doing an interview to kind of process all that Mm -hmm. um yeah which I know is a huge like it's a big (laughs) a a big lesson I've learned but yeah and I don't think I would have been you know sometimes people give you advice and you're like whatever like, <laughs> I don't need that <laughs> this. that's fine and you're like oh they were right yeah <laughs> just kidding
2: <laughs> yeah wow so, that,
1: yeah that yeah. that's so interesting as far as all that stuff you learn I say it's interesting just because the stuff, some stuff with Nala where planning to do kind of a summer well do in a summer summit based on professional wellness oh. because we realized that's something that none of us really taught as yeah. far as how to balance it especially what you were saying it in grad school I feel like it's definitely the opposite that there's you have literally no time for yourself it's all about the research getting yeah. um, publications out all of that yeah. stuff and you definitely need that balance so you don't burn out
0: yeah absolutely and it's hard to see the like see it from an outsider's view you know like when you're in it you're like it's not that bad or like Mm. it's you know like I'm okay but it's always good to like really stop and be like okay how am I feeling like what do I need and and it's hard when the norm like the social norms of grad school are are just like Kind of don't listen to yourself and like keep pushing yeah. and being productive, and so it's like mm-hmm. very counterintuitive to have that foresight. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So we're about out of time. It definitely flew by. Yes. But is there anything <laughs> I haven't asked you about or you haven't talked about that you want to talk about?
0: Ooh. Feel like my mind just goes blank, when <laughs> yeah. I have all the things in the world. To pick yeah, from. yeah. Um, I people to know yeah.
2: about
0: you. Um, I don't know if you're gonna do like a shout out, but like I could do like follow us on social and engage with us. Um, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah. um Yeah, I know nothing came to mind that was like out there, but um, (laughs) I still love brains and I love the human body. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but then please follow us. Um, So I think we're less active on Twitter, um, but we're at reflect equity on Twitter. If you do, if that's your platform of choice.
2: Yeah,
0: Um, We're at reflecting equity um, on Instagram and then also on TikTok. We're trying to like do the video game. Uh, video, real, whatever, TikTok. you yeah, yeah, cool. um, know. And then our website is ReflectingEquity.com. Um, so yeah, please, I don't know, check us out, follow us, um, engage with us. We do a lot of like community uh, gathering, like, I don't know, community building on, on the socials.
1: Awesome. And I'll, I'll definitely, I'll put a link to this because it's, it's on YouTube. So those of you who are listening, definitely go to the YouTube channel. That's new this year. Go on YouTube. Yes. So Yay. I'll put I'll put links to all your socials there and I'll, on Instagram as well LinkedIn, put it everywhere so people know how to connect on the uh, incredible work you're doing.
2: Thank you. Yeah, for yes. sure.
1: Yeah, thank cool. thanks again for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation, learning about how you even got into the diversity equity and inclusion work, the, what you went through as far as establishing a company working through balancing your time working through imposter syndrome and i think we already mentioned that stuff that we just always well i think not that it's only minorities but i feel like us as minorities feel it more than yeah. the average person i think it's important to talk about it that yeah. people don't it's called imposter syndrome because people feel like they don't belong and people to yeah. know that everyone feels like that at some point
0: yeah well, yeah and creating spaces for that to just be like a normal part of conversation I feel like mm-hmm. it's so so important for yeah for fostering that belonging and making people feel like they're not alone
1: yes yes yeah. so yes. I, ho- <laughs> I hope everyone that's listening or watching that you got something out of this podcast and just keep being incredible Thank you for listening to the Incredible Podcast with Paul Ferranby. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next
2: time. And be incredible. 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 incredible.